Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. This is an entertainment podcast, and the research we do may come from semi-unreliable sources. Welcome to Research Rebuttal Podcast. It's the podcast where two stubborn friends prove each other wrong. Each week, one of us will be the researcher, and one of us will be the guesser. I'm Rachel Teichman, and this is Paige Dempster. Hi! And today, we're going to discuss airplane food and rabbit combat. I'll be your researcher today, and Paige will be the guesser. Let's get rebutted. Hey, Paige. Hi. How's it going? Okay, it's been a weird day. I agree. You know, Trump has coronavirus on the day that we are recording this. Chris Christie has it. Um, you know, I don't like to wish ill on anybody, but I will say that this is ironic. I mean, also completely expected at this point. Yes, I'm honestly surprised he didn't get it sooner. Honestly. But anyway, I have a question for you. Do you? What is it? What's the deal with airplane food? Isn't it what's the deal with airline food? What's the deal with airline food? I don't know. What is the deal with airline food? What's the deal with airline food? Airplane food? I don't care. That's what I want to know. What's the deal with airline food? Well, okay. So that is your first question for me, basically. That is, Yeah, that's both a question and the theme. Okay. So to my knowledge, this is like a comedy bit by... I'm going to take a wild guess and say it kind of sounds like a Jerry Seinfeld thing. I don't know if I'm right on that, but I think that's what it is. And it's just Jerry Seinfeld being Jerry Seinfeld. He who has not the best jokes in the world, but is somehow a comedian. That sounds like a lot of people I know. Oh, God. (laughs) If you're listening to this... Maybe it's about you. Maybe it's not. Don't say that. (laughs) You lose viewership. It's interesting you bring up Jerry Seinfeld because when I was doing research for this, I saw like 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 the title of an article that was something along the lines of, did Jerry Seinfeld actually say what's the deal with airline food? So I don't know if like if he ever actually made that joke or somebody making fun of him made that joke. If there's an article about it, I want to say he did. I didn't click it, so... Oh, why? Because that's not the focus. Like, whether or not Jerry Seinfeld actually said, What's the deal with airline food? That's not really... That's not really the purpose of this episode. This episode is, like, literally dealing with what the deal is with airline food. All right, fair enough. Yeah. So, okay, so to you, the deal with airline food is that it's a potential Jerry Seinfeld bit. 
But are you aware of like the stereotype of airline food being just terrible? Yeah, I've only flown on a plane once. And I will say the food I had on said flight was not good. So I am aware. Didn't you only have the snacks, though? Um, The snacks were pretty subpar, I'm going to be honest. Because I was on that flight with you. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And they seemed like pretty standard snacks to me. I was not impressed. Yeah. And, like, if you think that's bad, like, so you've never had an actual airplane meal. And I got to tell you, you're not missing much. I'm still curious, though. Yeah, it's worth it to be curious. Like, the next time you're on an airline, like, airplanes don't even really do meal service that much anymore because they're cutting costs. So, like, in my experience, the only time you get a complimentary meal is if you're literally flying internationally. Okay, so if it's, like, JFK to, like, LAX, they're not really going to give you a meal? Not necessarily. And, like... I don't know. The reason I didn't like the snacks that much is one, they were like kind of snacks too. They only give you like one ounce bags, which is not enough, especially for me. I wanted to take like three of the bags, but they would only let me have one. Well, yeah, but at the time we were flying JetBlue. So the way that they work is they give you your first snack, but then a perk of JetBlue is you can ask for as many more as you want. You just have to like, you have to take them like one at a time or whatever. That's really what it comes down to. Okay, see, I didn't know that. And also, like, 20 minutes into the flight, I no longer wanted to be there. So, take your journey, kids. True. So, you answered my first question is, have you ever had airplane food? But why do you think it's so bad? And, and And do you think it actually is as bad as people say it is? If so many people are saying that, then that has to say something. And... I can imagine it being bad because I can only assume that preparing a whole meal on a tiny little metal tube of a kitchen probably isn't going to go that well. That all makes sense. So that leads us to the next question. How is the food made and or handled? Oh, I don't know why, but I can only imagine that an airline kitchen in the actual plane is somewhat like the kitchen you would find in an IHOP. Okay, so what you're saying is you think that like airplane meals are all cooked on board. I feel like that's... Hang on. That's that's summarizing. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Now you have me thinking this is not true. Well, no, 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 no. I just wanted to know if that's I just wanted to know if that's what you were saying, if that's what you were concluding to. Now I think they are partially started off of the airplane and then they are partially made on the airplane. It's a half and half, and that's why they're so bad. But what's the process? They start in a kitchen on the ground in the airport where they like freeze dry everything or something. I don't know. And then they take that food and they bring it onto the airplane. And then on the airplane, they defrost everything and then they cook it. And that's why it's so crummy because it's freeze dried and flavorless. You're a creative (laughs) and you're onto something. Okay. Okay. The basic process for airline meals. So like and i'm i'm talking strictly about 
the economical section and not like first class or anything um because like a lot of airplanes do have a kitchen on board but that's for like rich people and we're talking about the everyday proletariat gotcha the basic process is the food is cooked on the ground and then they freeze it and then it's reheated in the air i was kind of right you were kind of right it wasn't freeze-dried but it was freezed it was frozen yeah that's the process the general process and so that by itself already has some red flags i have like i have nothing against freezing food i do it all the time to meal prep but that's a much smaller batch size and i'm not trying to defrost it until i microwave it and it's i have a lot more control over it and i'm also not trying to make 150 economic choices with it true but you did mention batch size I think it's perfectly reasonable for the airline to freeze their food because it's such a huge batch. Not saying it's going to be good, but... Yeah, and they want to freeze it to, I guess, make sure that it stays good until it gets to the air. That makes sense. Like, I'm, you know, that's whatever. But I could see how with that many portion sizes, it's easy for quality to go awry because Mm. they're controlling for so many different elements but there's more to it than that as we're about to find out that makes it so bad oh how do you think our sense of smell is affected when we're on airplanes i imagine it gets worse the higher up you go for some reason i couldn't tell you the scientific reason why it gets worse but i just have a feeling it gets worse probably for the same reason your ears pop Similar reasons, yeah. Um, So when we're in the air on an airplane, our sense of smell gets weaker, which makes us less able to taste flavors. So a food that you have up in the air might not taste as good as it would on the ground because of the air pressure. Ah. There are other factors, though, that we'll get to. But just to control for, like, the lack of sense of smell, what ingredients do you think need to be adjusted and which don't to make airline food taste better in the air? Considering that your smell is worse? Yes, which affects our sense of taste. Maybe more pungent ingredients like garlic or... Hmm. I'm going to say more garlic. Yeah, you're you're onto something. More garlic makes everything better. I totally agree. There are certain ingredients that are more strongly affected than others. For example, our sense of taste because of our sense of smell and stuff, like sugar and salt specifically are less able to be tasted up in the air. Oh. Compared to things like garlic. Like if the basic solution is to just add more sugar and salt to make things taste better up in the air that's obvious because that's true on the ground as well but what's a healthier way to do this chemicals chemical x and thus the powerpuff girls were born do they make the powerpuff girls on the airplane i don't know well do they add chemicals no do they add citric acid they can but the primary way that airlines are starting to make food taste better without adding more sugar and salt 
is to add stronger ingredients like goat cheese instead of provolone and other naturally strong flavored things like, you know, garlic. No, I don't like goat cheese. Okay, but that was like one example. No, I'm not going to have any cheese on an airplane ever again the next time I fly. I actually, I've had like a fruit and cheese cracker thing on an airplane and it was, it was okay. Don't like goat cheese. You have there was no goat cheese in you it. You have a stronger palate than I do. There was no goat cheese in this box. Well, then, like, why are you telling me that they use goat cheese instead of provolone? It was like one like wild random example <laughs> because goat cheese tastes stronger than provolone. No, screw goat cheese. It could be feta. Okay, I'm all right with feta. Yeah, all right. They use feta instead of provolone. Thank you. Baby want provolone. <laughs> baby, <laughs> baby is Italian. Give baby provolone now. Leave the meatball at the door, please. What taste do you think isn't as affected? So if we aren't able to taste sugar and salt as well, what's a flavor that we can still taste pretty well? Um, bitter and spicy. Umami. Ooh. Which is why flavors like tomato are more popular on airplanes. I did not know that. Yeah, and then you were right about the garlic. So other things that aren't as affected are spices such as cinnamon, ginger, garlic, and chili. Italians rise up. We're going to the skies. Well, it's actually the Germans who started using these spices in place of sugar and salt. Ooh, Germany. True or false? White noise decreases the sense of taste. Mm, I feel like because you asked me that, true. It is true. Uh Uh-huh. They did a study where they took the front half of an Airbus, and an Airbus is a type of airplane, very popular type of airplane. Oh, okay. So they took the front half of an Airbus, and they put it in a room and controlled for, like, air pressure like how they would have it pressurized up in the sky and the noise that like the engine would make they basically simulated it to make it feel like participants really were up in the air and so they did this study and they found that the white noise decreases sense of taste interesting it is interesting how like our hearing and sense taste are connected yeah i wouldn't expect that to be a thing yeah what else on airplanes affects sense of smell and taste? Well, we said white noise and air pressure. Mm-hmm. Turbulence? No, that's not right. It can't be right. Not with that look that you gave me. Um... <laughs> and also your one and only airplane experience was like... It was like the most turbulent flight of any flight. <laughs> it was. Like none of us have ever experienced anything like that. <laughs> You just got very unlucky. Oh, great. Yeah, that is not normal what Mm. happened on that flight. (laughs) Well, what else happens in an airplane? (laughs) What else happens (laughs) in an airplane? (laughs) On this episode of Research (laughs) Rebuttal Podcast, we're going to find out what else happens on an airplane. Well, like what other outside factors could be occurring while you're in a plane other than a change in pressure and white noise and turbulence? I are mean, you, yeah. What? What is it? Well, are you ready to get rebutted? No, <laughs> no. Give me a fighting chance. Okay. The kid kicks the back of your seat, which 
ruins your airtime, mealtime experience. Okay. Um, the pilot interrupts your meal to tell you that you are descending, which is something I don't want to interrupt me. When you, you take your meal into the airplane bathroom, and then while you're eating, you act, your elbow accidentally hits the automatic flush, and then your food and your intestines are sucked out of the plane. What else? And oxygen or something. I don't know. I, again, I love your creativity. Thank you. So like you said, the air pressure and the white noise, but also cold air and the dryness of that cold air. Is that a thing you have to account for on planes? Yeah, because cold air dries out your food and makes it cold, of course. And because of like the dryness and the coldness, your taste buds get muted. Interesting. Along with the air pressure. Hmm. We mentioned one before, but what's the current solution to overcoming these issues? Uh, I don't remember what the one was before. That's fine. Just take a uh, random guess. Uh, oh God. There's a few answers here. Some You have to reduce the white noise somehow. Um, regulate the air pressure in the cabin more. And add heating and a humidifier, perhaps. And those are solutions, but they're not solutions that are currently being used. Well, I think they should be being used. In addition to using more umami ingredients, one of the biggest secrets is to use sauce. Ooh, Gordon Ramsay. Yes. So Gordon Ramsay actually worked in like the airline industry for 10 years. Did he actually? According to one of my sources, which will be linked in the show notes. And he hates airline food. I mean, of course. Yeah. And so the purpose of sauce is like just dousing everything in it is to keep your food not only from drying out, but to also keep it from getting cold because liquid stays warmer for longer. And so it keeps your food hot. Give that chicken a saucy blanket. Yes, a saucy blanket. Cool. But what if I don't like sauce? Of any type? Of any type. I don't like tomato sauce. What if I am literally my dad and I just don't like any sauce whatsoever on anything? Then you got to either bring your own food on board or um, order... A, a different snack you know are you allowed to bring food on board to airplanes yes oh yeah you can uh, buy something on the ground in the airport and bring it on board you can actually you have to be careful with this but you can bring your own food i don't really do that other than like a bag of gummy bears or something but you can get away with it but they might confiscate it it just kind of depends i'll let my dad know he probably knows this is true. He has gone on probably 20 more flights than I have. He just really doesn't like most food in general, unless it's potato-based and deep-fried. That's true. Um, but yeah, sauce is the... It's, it's a big solution. And there's also been a beer that has been specially brewed to taste good on airplanes. Oh, what's it called? I don't know. You have to come to prepare to these things. So I think that's it on the topic of what's the deal with airplane food? Airplane food. And now a word from our sponsors. 
what's the deal with airline food? You get on your airplane, you're just trying to travel somewhere fun, and they come around with these hot plates of terrible food. What's the deal, man? Well, now we have a solution. Your own personal Jerry Seinfeld. You bring your Jerry Seinfeld on board, and he comes packed full of snacks. Reach into your Jerry's coat, out comes a bag of pretzels. Reach into his cargo shorts, you'll have a four-course meal. And finally, reach into his front shirt pocket, and you'll have your own personal tent of pressurization to make it more like you're on the ground so your food tastes good. As a bonus, he'll even throw in your own personal what's the deal with airline food? Order today only. Hey, Paige. Hi. Did you get your own personal Jerry Seinfeld? I did, but he's a little dry. Well, you gotta sauce him up a little bit more. I personally really like him as my favorite travel companion product. What sauce would you recommend on your Jerry Seinfeld? Well, I really think he likes to carry around a little ketchup packet full of Alfredo in his butt pocket. Oh, I'll have to check there later. Yeah. You know who would love to chew through a packet of Alfredo? Bun! Exactly! Bun! Or bun! So, if you're just finding this out now, co-hosts Paige and Rachel have a rabbit together. Her name is Bun, and she's adorable. Her given name is Cheddar Crackers, but we just call her Bun Bun. And she's the most amazing thing that has ever happened. Honestly. Uh, and she loves to chew. She does. I have lost many a phone charger to her. I think between the two of us, between Apple laptop chargers, iPhone chargers, and iPhone earbuds, we have lost several hundred dollars to her. She, she has a high kill count. Speaking of high kill count, <laughs> are rabbits capable of combat? I don't know. Are they? Let's find out. Okay. First of all, do you think rabbits are capable of combat? Maybe out in the wild. I've never seen our bun truly engage in combat, but like I've seen her make like aggressive little hops towards Do you remember Mittens? Yes, brother, I remember Mittens. My brother's kitten. Yeah, so when Mittens was a baby, she was living with us in our old house. And for whatever reason, I got stuck with taking care of her for a little while. So I had her in my room with the bun and like she was still a baby. So like it was fine. And she tried like swatting at the bun, I guess, because like, you know, curiosity. And curiosity killed the cat. Exactly. Because bun just like lunged at her and she freaked out and ran away. And but like the bun didn't really truly attack her, you know, she just like lunged at her. Yeah. So that's a very interesting observation that we're going to talk about. Yeah, I wouldn't call it combat. Hmm. Well, the next question is, if Bun was a Smash character, or otherwise just a general combat character, okay. <laughs> what would her attacks be? Well, obviously, Lunge. Uh-huh. Um, I think, like, the A attack would just be, like, Chew. Okay. Just, like, and you press it, the more you press it, like, the faster she chews. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she, like, pulls a carrot out of the ground and, like, hits someone with it. Oh, yeah, like a... Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, Minecraft Steve is in Super Smash Bros. By the way, I don't know I'm if you guys talk mean. about it. <laughs> talk about it. I'm still not over it. I have spicy feelings about this, but right you, now the topic is about bun. You know why I'm the most mad about it? Why? Because the moose set's kind of sick. I just, I love Minecraft. I love Smash. I don't this is inappropriate. <laughs> this is an inappropriate mashup. And I'm getting passionate about it. And I want to be passionate about rabbits right now. So tell me, Paige, what would her other attacks be? Um, maybe she would have one where she like turns around and like fires doo-doo pellets. Oh yeah, she could have like a doo-doo gun, but it's her butt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. then, like we already before we started recording, we were talking about like how she has like s- <laughs> she has like splatter pee. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I, if y'all have never had a rabbit and then you get a rabbit, you're gonna discover some surprises. Like she goes wee-wee in her like litter pan. And then, like, she jumps out of it very aggressively, and it just, like, splats pee everywhere. Yeah, you will get rabbit pee on the wall. (laughs) And you will have to wipe off said rabbit pee. Yeah, so I'm thinking that's gonna be the moveset. I like it. Has Bun ever attacked you? Um, she's bitten me before, but that was when she was, like, a little baby. Like, I got the scar on my index finger because she, like, turned around and bit me because I was trying to pick her up to get her away from some wires. That sounds about right. Yeah. But in general, the public should know that she does not bite. No, she's very docile now. She was just, like, a fiery little baby is all. Yeah, when she was a baby, she would... But she would never, like, be violent about it. No, it's more of like a self-defense chomp. Which we're going to talk about. Oh, is this where rabbits fight? Kind of. But first, what would an ideal killer rabbit be like? Um, Definitely like the red-eyed one because aesthetics. Um, Probably longer, sharper teeth, longer, sharper claws. Maybe on the leaner side for increased agility. And... More vocal, because you have to, like, growl to intimidate your attackers. Cool. How do rabbits defend themselves? Because rabbits are prey animals, right? So... Yeah, you never picture them really defending themselves. You more picture them running away. But isn't that a defense mechanism? This is true. So is their defense mechanism just running away into, like, some underbrush? That is one of them, and I find running and hiding to be very relatable, but... (laughs) true but rabbits do have other ways of defending themselves tell me these ways in addition to running and hiding as you may know rabbits have claws teeth and very strong hind legs yeah tell me about their hind legs like what are they there for what can they do what what are what's the purpose they are like little baby kangaroo legs they're very strong the claws on the on the hind legs are like way tougher and thicker than the claws on the front legs. Like the thick pith. Yeah, like the thick with two C's pith. Yeah. Two or three. Three C's. Whatever. But they're when like if you're on the receiving end of like one of those kicks, it hurts. Especially like if her claws aren't trimmed or something. It can draw blood, man. And it has drawn blood. Yeah, you're right. Their hind legs are really meant for running, but to defend, they'll thump the predator and then bite if necessary and run off. And like you mentioned, like, Bun is very docile now, 
but wild rabbits are less so. Right. Makes sense. Are rabbits territorial? Yes, I think they would be. In what way? I think in the way that if there's another, I want to say this is probably more of a thing with male rabbits than female rabbits, but if there's like- Time to get rebutted. <laughs> Already? Female rabbits are more oh, territorial. Okay, so, well, let me finish my previous thought. If like if there's a female rabbit encroaching on another female rabbit's territory, uh, I imagine there will be a short brawl of biting and thumping and clawing and whatnot because like Mm -hmm. you know you got to get that male rabbit carrot if you know what i mean i know what you mean (laughs) yeah rabbits will attack unfamiliar rabbits and animals that come into their territory ah in addition to this what triggers a rabbit to fight you mean like other than seeing unfamiliar fightable creature in territory basically I imagine, like, when rabbits are in heat, they're more fighty. Yeah, and also being cornered. Oh, yeah, that'll certainly do it. What animals will they attack or not attack? I want to say, like, groundhogs or something. Uh, Probably not a prey animal unless they are cornered. Smaller birds, squirrels, maybe chipmunks. Maybe, like, something smaller like a garter snake? I don't think a garter snake could eat a whole rabbit. Well, specifically in one of our sources that will be in the show notes, rabbits will attack like small cats, but oh, mince, no. but only only if the cat is attacking them. Okay. Uh, however, if a wolf is trying to attack a rabbit, a rabbit won't fight back because they know that it's useless. But like. Certain small animals, like certain cats, they will try to attack, like, to defend themselves. Cool. But when rabbits do attack, what is their goal? I imagine just to, like, throw whatever it is off enough so that they can get away if it's more of, like, a predator or probably just to drive off. Yeah, you're right. When rabbits attack, their goal typically isn't to kill the other animal. It's to get them to leave them alone. In true bun fashion. Yeah, like like the rabbit will try to confuse the other animal so the rabbit can escape and uh, wound the animal enough so that they can't keep up the chase and convince the other animal to back off. Sounds about right. Now, I sent you a picture a little while ago. Do you, care, do you care to describe it? Well, it is a... Look, I'm sure you think this is a rabbit, but I am dead set on thinking this is a hare because it's got, like, long front legs, which is characteristic of hare specifically. And he is on his hind legs with, like, his little front dukes up, and his tail all fluffy, and his ears all perked, his eyes are narrow, and it just says boxing under it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where did you find this? Uh, It's actually in one of our links. Really? Okay. Really? So do rabbits box? I think wild rabbits might. Aggressive rabbits will stand on their hind legs and get into basically that boxing position with their front paws to fight off other animals. Uh, Fun fact, kangaroos also do that. That's a very fun fact. Thank you. How do rabbits use their teeth to fight? Mm, maybe when they're in that boxing position, they'll, like, throw their head forward and just, like, chomp. 
Well, there's sort of two different methods that a rabbit will use. The rabbit will either puncture, where they just bite their teeth down really hard and then let go. And this could be pretty serious. Like, this could cause serious injury because it can go as far down as the bone. Yikes. The other method is for them to bite and latch on. Oh, God. And this can cause, this has the potential to cause a lot more damage than just the puncture because if the rabbit latches on to the animal, then the animal will try to get them off. But because the rabbit is latched on, it only makes the wound worse. Oh, boy. Do not make your rabbits mad, people. Do not. <laughs> when else are rabbits aggressive? During mating season. And? Um, during Easter. What really makes rabbits aggressive is when they try to establish dominance and to protect their young. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, you're probably pretty familiar with this, but how do rabbits warn people to, like, back off? Um, they will stomp, they will honk, they will flatten their ears, their eyes will usually be wide open. Can't think of many other things. It's mostly the stomping and the honking. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty common. Same with the ears. They also will lunge. Oh, uh, yeah. And it they might get into boxing position. Hmm. I've never seen, like, a rabbit actually assume the boxing position. I've seen her stand on her hind legs, but not in, like, that's more combat like, mode. That's more of a, like, I'm surveying the landscape kind of deal. Yeah, it's really cute. Yeah. <laughs> Should you take an aggressive rabbit to the vet? Um, hmm. Maybe if they're younger, I want to say. And this goes back to, like, my in-heat theory. Because, like, rabbits in heat are kind of low-key a pain in the patootie. Yes. And, uh... <laughs> If your rabbit is young enough to get fixed, you might gonna want to fix them if they're getting that aggressive. That is actually a really good thing in general, like get your pets neutered and spayed. But yeah, so if your rabbit is acting aggressively, but it's like a quick one-off thing and you know that you are the one who provoked them, then no, you don't need to take them to the vet. However, if your rabbit is being aggressive and you can't figure out why and you're not provoking them or anything it's it's a good idea to take them to the vet and get them checked out because one of the really big things that can cause aggression in a house rabbit is illness and pain oh i did not know that yeah so if your rabbit is being like uncharacteristically aggressive like take them to the vet because they might need medicine poor baby yeah and that makes sense, because, like, I think most of us get into a bad mood when we're sick. Yeah, do not touch me when I am sick. Now, here's the real question, though. Okay. Did rabbits kill off the Neanderthals? What? Did rabbits kill off the Neanderthals? Yeah. I'm gonna say no. I think that, like, humans killed off Neanderthals. Or, like, you know, the proto-human well, there is a possibility that rabbits also contributed. Please continue. So the Neanderthals were really good at hunting really large game. Okay. But not smaller animals. Like buns. Right. And there are a few things, including modern humans, that are thought to have killed off the Neanderthals. You're right on that. But another thing is climate change. And then... Rabbits. 
because uh, like the final really big thing that killed off the Neanderthals or is thought to killed off the ne- the Neanderthals is famine. Oh, so they couldn't like catch the buns. Right. The current thinking is that because they learned how to catch the really big animals, nobody had really trained in catching small animals, which is a very different skill set. Right. And so they just starved because they weren't eating rabbit. So that implies that the larger animals weren't as readily available though, right? Or something? Yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, I think it's definitely a combination of modern humans not knowing how to hunt smaller animals and climate change. But yeah, it would definitely suggest that... Something happened. It would suggest that they were not eating rabbits, and that was one of the reasons that they died off. Interesting. Because rabbits were abundant, but the others that they were eating were not. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Have ever guessed that? That about does it for this episode of Research Rebuttal Podcast. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Research Rebuttal Podcast, and on Twitter at Research Rebut. You can email us at researchrebuttalpodcast at gmail.com. Jerry Seinfeld, please sponsor us. Jerry Seinfeld, my boy, tell us what the deal with airline food is. Tell and us did you actually say that? Know. Did you actually say that? And uh, email us topic suggestions. Go on our social media. Tell us, um, tell us what your deal with airline food is. Tell us why you hate airline food. And tell us about good airline food. And send us pictures of your rabbits if you have any. Yes, please. Send us all your bunny pictures. <laughs> and uh, all the sources will be in the show notes. Bye. Bye.